What is up, everybody? Welcome to a comic book club bonus episode. All yeah, about everybody about loves a bonus. Oh, we don't work gosh. it over time today. <laughs> all about the Batman. I'm oh, Alex. <laughs> yes, what? I'm, I'm oh. Alex. We introduce each other at the top of the podcast. I'm Batman. I'm Justin. I'm Vengeance. <laughs> and yes. Yeah, I'm the go. Knight. Ah. So we are going to be talking about the Batman just out in theaters. I'll get this out of the way. Big spoiler warning here. If you haven't seen the movie in yes. theaters, don't listen to this yet. We're going to Let's go full talk about on spoilers other DC here. Stuff, you know? Full on review. I'm getting a little sense of what you thought about the movie already, Pete. Thank you for interrupting. But I'm trying <laughs> to tell folks, if you don't want spoilers, turn this off now because we're going to get into it. Uh, but. Before we get into the specific plot stuff, again, I have a pretty fair sense of what Pete thought here, but why don't nope. we talk overview of what we thought about the movie? We should do a Doom Patrol podcast instead of this. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's <laughs> focus up here. I know we're working. We've worked a long day in the podcasting mine, but it's time to put it together for it's our just overtime bonus. Yes. Why don't we start with Justin, since we haven't gotten a sense of his opinion first. You, Great choice. Uh, we all saw it in theaters, because obviously it's not on streaming. Yep, you saw it theaters. last Justin night. Justin went all the way to Atlanta to see it in theaters. So that's some real dedication. Yeah. Best place. Great. You get a big bucket of peaches, and then you just <laughs> yep. sit down at the movie and you eat the peaches while you're watching the movie. Uh, it's peaches Georgia everywhere peaches. down here. <laughs> um, I w- actually went and saw it with um, the Georgia Peaches um, from A League of Their Own, which was wow. great. Really Do they still play? <laughs> they still got it? They're still down here. They're everywhere down here. Oh, you should come man. to Atlanta. It's a big League of Their Own. It's like a League of Their, League of Their Own free, uh, theme park. Where do you um, stand I, on that? Do you think she dropped it on purpose? Okay, Pete, enough. enough. Just just let, I know you, you don't want to talk about this movie. Let's talk about it. <laughs> because if I tuned in for a Batman podcast, I would be going insane right now. Justin, what did you think yes, of the movie? <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Alex is, is Alfreding us here, and I think he is, means business. Oh, man. Um, I really liked a lot of the movie. Um, I saw it I, at 9.45 here in Atlanta, if you're going to get into PM it. PM or AM? PM. Okay. Um, after a four-hour flight. And I'll tell you what, it was long. You walked out of this movie at 1 a.m. And I was like, I definitely took a couple micro naps um, during some of the la- later plot explanations. But I thought it was shot really well. I liked the new look and I loved the sort of the way that that Batman was in this movie. It felt like some Frank Miller era uh, Batman. Oh, wow. Really? Gonna direct put from page You're going to put that on it? It did. I like it he was. was sort of like he was I, sort of I like. I agree that it was shot like there was really moving shots like the kiss. Wait, moment before you get into it, what time just... of day did you see it, Pete? What time of day did you Why see it? Why is that important? Oh, I don't know. You were talking about peaches for a while. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I, I went to see it at 8.30 in the morning. I woke up oh, okay. 6.30, yeah, smart, went smart. out to the theater, jealous. did not fall asleep the entire time. I was nice and fresh the entire movie. So I think that definitely, I do honestly think that probably affected my experience in a different way because it is a long movie, but it being the first thing I did out of the day, I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And I felt good the entire time. Was there, oh, wow, I'm really surprised that you went that early. But that was there a lot of kids in there? Because usually yeah, it was, a, it was a family showing. They had all the lights okay. on. Kids were screaming the entire time. 
Yeah, yeah. In horror, mind you. Yeah, yeah, naturally. No, it was um, a regular Alex show again. It was the Alamo Draft House. Everybody was very nice and quiet and respectful and reacted oh. when they were supposed to react, but no wow. phones or anything. It was a good experience. It was a good I, theatrical I, experience. See, I feel like I need to see it again because I uh, almost fought the two people sitting next to me, mm. and the guy mm. on the other side of me fell asleep hard in the middle of the movie and was snoring like crazy. So, like, I didn't have a good experience, so I've, I want to redo to see it again because uh, I feel like it did affect me and my viewing experience because I had to keep uh, yelling, shut up. Uh, yelling father-son duo oh, acting man. like they were in their living room and nobody else was around and just dad what's that dad who's that what's that dad and well, every time she's like weren't. it's fucking batman i have said this five times stop asking yeah. me who batman is oh my god but i do think it was b- beautiful shot like there was some real moving moments uh, i love the score uh, I felt like a Batman was a little too emo for me. Like it got a little bit Spider-Man kind of fucking like when his hair, he was like, oh, I don't know who Bruce Wayne is yet. Mm. He definitely like, listens was, to my was, chemical romance. I think we could all he agree He was lurching the fuck around a lot of it. Yeah. And I was like, dude, it's going to be obvious that I'll you're the Batman. Out, before I throw out like, my opinion about the movie, I do think in the next movie, the villain that Bruce Wayne should fight is Lockjaw and like ground teeth. Because the entire time yeah. Robert Pattinson was so tight in his jaw, I was getting worried about him. Well, I think I mean since the jaw was sort of the main focus of what we saw on yeah, the screen, yeah. like that jaw was acting hard. I was in an acting class with Pattinson's jaw, wow. just the jaw, wow. really good, really emotive. Actor. Was he cool? Did he sign stuff afterwards, or was he really? It was hard, kind of it was hard to get the sharpie in, in yeah. his teeth because he was gritting them so hard to <laughs> sign anything. I but, feel yes. like uh, he's got to put a bid in at night or something so he doesn't grind his teeth. Totally. Can I throw out? I'm going to throw this out just so I can get Pete really mad at me, and then we can kind of move on. From there because it's really on me. Great, I'm gonna great. say my statement, Pete's gonna get upset. I'm gonna clarify my statement, and then Pete's gonna get more upset. Does that sound good to everybody? Oh man, uh, what, way to call your shot. We've been yeah, doing this podcast for a while. Okay, this was the greatest on-screen live action Batman I have ever seen. What the fuck did you just say out loud? So, uh, you, here, so let, me, let me let me clarify what I was saying. Yeah. So what I mean is this was not the best Batman movie. I think Dark Knight Great. is probably better. I love Batman Returns more. I think some of the cartoon stuff like Mask of the Phantasm is absolutely One of the greatest fantastic. Batman movies of all time. Incredible. But this movie, while I was watching it, this is the first time I felt like I was watching an accurate portrayal of Batman on screen. Like Batman from the comics, and there were so many different Ooh, moments in here. What does that even I mean? legitimately, I felt that, like you, Pete, and I thought about you, Pete, because that opening narration, that beginning mm. five. You minutes, mean the Punisher War Journal fucking ripoff? Yes, it like, was. Captain I log almost day forty-seven. I I almost stood up and makeup. cheered at the end of that because I was like, you got it. Like the Nolan movies, as much as I love them and as well crafted they as they are, I think you still have Christian Bell doing the voice. And it's not, yeah. other than Batman Begins, Batman. which I think does actually get to Batman a little bit, like it's mostly 
about other things. It's about the villains. It's about other themes. There are other things Nolan wants to deal with. All of the Tim Burton movies and Batman Forever, Batman Returns, that's way more about the villains. That's not really Batman. He's not doing much in the movies. He's just kind of standing there and walking in. And all of the Ben Affleck stuff is just like him shooting and killing people and breaking their necks and murdering them. And it's it's impossible to get past it being Ben Affleck the entire time. Here, this legitimately felt to me like Matt Reeves and company got who Batman is from the comics in year two and brought it 100% accurately on screen. And that to me, despite like I have some issues with the movie, despite to me that was so pleasing the entire yeah. runtime it made me very, very happy. Well, that's nice. That's good for you. <laughs> I, you just said some of the craziest shit along well, the way. I don't know how to but, unpack. No, or what. But I was accurate about the way this was going to roll out, right? Yes, you did. You sure. called it. You called <laughs> sure. it. You're you like the riddler shot. of that uh, <laughs> yeah. podcasting description. Yeah. Can you get like a shitty trench coat and wrap it around your face when you talk to me? Did uh, you know so- that a flying rat could also be a peat? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah, yeah, there's plenty to get to there. Uh, uh, but the- le- let me say, let me say the on going off of Alex P, and then you can have your. Um, uh, I'll call it a rant. Uh, Thank you. The um, I agree with you. I think the the way it was shot and the way they just used different shots and sort of oddly framed shots was so comic booky. I thought, and it gave us sort of almost a paneling effect. Act. Like the bit when um, Penguin's uh, driving and Batman, he's like, I just, he just got away from yeah. Batman, he thinks, yeah. before yeah. he happens to hit that uh, tractor trailer ramp that just popped out <laughs> in front of him. Um, yeah. That, to me, felt so comic booky and cool. And all like the shots of just the tire spinning or just like super weird close-ups on people's faces. That really, I really responded to that. And the fights really popped, I thought, because of that. Well, and another thing, and then let's let Wait, Pete get many, to his rant. Hold on, I just want to. I want to respond. You? I want to respond to Jesus what Justin's saying because the this other is thing is, I felt like you just there went were, for a long time and said a bunch of crazy shit. And how Pete, long do like, we got to wait to fucking respond to it? Jesus, you're Christ. like one of those you're cars that you new shit that I'm going to get angry about, and I have to go all the way back to that. All right, you, go it's ahead, like, you're like, like one of those cars that you keep pulling back across the floor, and it gets more and more tight <laughs> and right, ready. First to- off, first off, your technically correct way of being like this is a great movie. I hear what you're saying. Yes, this is an early Batman. This is not the perfect Batman. This is just somebody still trying to figure it out. Okay, great. But what you also got was a fucking penguin that was unbelievable. Like Colin uh, disappeared in that. And like, I kept listening for the voice to try to get a little bit. Never happened. It was amazing. The penguin was phenomenal. The Riddler was awful. Catwoman was great. The whole fucking time, Bruce was a complete asshole to Alfred. That was ridiculous. Alfred wakes up out of a coma and he's smirking next to him like, you piece of shit. You lied to me. Who the fuck are you? you I mean, perfect- maybe you saw the Jungle Book because I'd be pretty bad, too, if I saw that guy in the hospital. And I was like, um, this is a bad version of the movie, Andy Circus. But... Uh, also, Man, Gordon this, was just. This is one of the wildest conversations Jeffrey, we've ever Jeffrey, had. Jeffrey Wright as Gordon was just unbelievable. Really great. I do. What? Uh, yeah. Jeffrey Wright as Gordon, he spent the whole movie being like, 
hey, hey, we got to get out of here. Hey. Did you see the mustache? Though? <laughs> the, a mustache was doing all the fucking work, man. Mustache, it was beautiful. You could look at a mustache in a photograph. This is a movie. And Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon was, it's like someone Amazing. hit him with a sledgehammer before what every are you talking scene. About? No he was way. like, Dude, like hey, if you're the commissioner hey, of fucking Gotham, he's you not. Get he's hit. not. He's not. Well, almost. He's just a random be. detective. Oh, he was stop. like, oh, stop. he'd be like, hey, your hey, city's that. on fire and there are crazy Here, I'm gonna, people I'm running gonna throw everywhere something out and you're going to be cool. You're just going to be like, hey, this is a normal day. Because I talked to a fucking mass vigilante. It's fucking cool. I... I kind of love Jeffrey Wright's Gordon. And here, yes. I'm going to throw something out at you, Justin. I'm going to throw out why I liked it. Because to me, he was. they made a very specific choice to make him the Watson to Batman's yeah. Sherlock yeah. Holmes. And Watson is always like, crikey, Sherlock, what is going on here? And Sherlock's that's like, well, I just figured Watson. out this whole mystery. And Watson's like, oh, jeez. And that's, that's exactly what... Watson. Thank you yes. very much. I'm auditioning for Sherlock Holmes 4, and I don't think it's going well. Me Jeffrey, either. This is what I liked about Jeffrey Wright, because all of his delivery was so goofy in such the specific way, and I imagine that's probably the thing that bothered you. But just to call out two things in particular that I keep thinking about several days later after seeing the movie, but... One, when they're in the interrogation room and the cops want to arrest Batman and Gordon goes up to him and he's trying to give him this plan to get out the way Jeffrey Knight delivers it is so funny. And I think purposefully funny, like in a way you don't expect it, where he's like, come on, you're going to go down this hallway (laughs) and you're going to walk out. I even love the way he leans in like he's angry, like you go down the hallway. And it was a choice. Like, I understand why you didn't like the choice, but they made a specific choice there. And I think it was on purpose. The other thing that I'll mention that I'll let you go in on it, Justin, is I think one of my absolute favorite lines of the movie that made me laugh out loud is when they go into the abandoned, burnt out orphanage and Gordon Mm. pulls out his gun. Batman says, no guns. And Gordon's like, that's your deal, man. That's your deal, bro. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't put that on me, man. (laughs) So funny. It was. And I agree with you. It was funny. It made me laugh a lot. But I felt like it did take me out of the scene because it felt like. Like you're saying, Alex, like a meta performance. He was very much like he was had goldfish brain the whole time. He was like, whoa, you believe this? There's another riddle here. What's all, what's all these riddles? There's some sort of riddler out there. And they're like, Dude, yeah, that, I know. Batman, to me, is an unbelievable actor. And anything he does, I'm on board. So I'm not going to like him. Batman his performance is an unbelievable actor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. What Batman performs as Bruce Wayne. He no, perfo- wow, performs as Bruce wild. Wayne. Dude, he was. He was just lurching around every time. He was like, oh, um, hey. Oh, you can't hey, see this me right again. on the audio uh, podcast. Uh, it's like me. I'm Peter's. so evil. <laughs> Peter's like, flattened his hair. You're obviously Batman. Any fucking guy could just look and go, this guy's Batman. Look at the way he's staring at everybody. I uh, did think it was an interesting choice. I loved Robert Pattinson's Batman. I did think yeah. it was a weird, interesting. I, I agree with you, Pete. Like there is certainly like throughout the movie, Bruce is so coiled with rage so and can like, barely move that how anybody doesn't know whatever he is, you know, is kind of wild. But there is also the implication that he barely comes out in public, so nobody interacts with him anyway. So to that, I don't think they would necessarily suspect him as Batman because there's no reason to suspect him. Nobody. The only reason it works is because, like, Superman and glasses work in this world because otherwise it's fucking insane. Well, it's very dark, and as we learned, the rain in Gotham is just... 
It's like tropical or something. There's <laughs> just, it's just boring. Well, this and, and then the water, the water coming in at the end, I was like, what is this loose? Everything's wet. But this even, was, go ahead, Pete. Sorry. I was going to say, even like Falcone had a line that's like, oh, I'm really good with faces. Hey, what's up, Bruce? And then just looking <laughs> at Batman, just staring at him going, hmm, hmm. I was, ah. Uh. Yeah, I, I think you're right, though, Pete. You kind of just got to have to go with yeah, it at this point in superhero movies because that's part of the thing. Like, if incidentally everybody's like, you're bad, bad. That's not fun. There's yeah, nothing interesting no fun. about that. In uh, fact, when when Paul Dano does know him at the end, I thought that was cool. And I know you said you hated Paul Dano as a Riddler. Uh, I, I liked it. My issue oh, you, was the, the, the plot was so... Like they lost the thread. They all became Gordons at the end where the whole like rat with wings. I was like, what are you guys doing? With <laughs> like an eagle really has wings. I was really you know what also is a rat with wings? A bat. You know what's also a rat with wings? Like what are we doing? It, it was wild to me. A and penguin. I understand this was a structural uh, thing. It was a wild to me. That this the building first behind thing. me, if you think about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> why, did nobody, why did it take them so long to say bat? That was the thing yeah. that was crazy to me. Like yeah, I know standing that, there. We were all thinking that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at that point, I was like, I wish he was the wordler, and we just had to figure out a one word oh, of yeah. the day. Like, come on, give rather me an than <laughs> give me. Yeah. Give me I, I want to get back to the Riddler's plot in a second. The one thing that I wanted to say about the rain, and this is the part for me. This is like a quarter into the movie, I think, if I remember correctly, where it's sort of Kristen this idea that the stuff that I thought was funny was funny on purpose is there's a news report when Bruce is in his Batcave that he's watching. I think it's the second murder or something like that. And the first television ever made. Is that what you're talking about? Where yeah, it's something weird like that. blurred out kind of yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, But he's watching the news report, and there's a news ticker going on the bottom, and I always look at the news ticker in case there's Easter eggs or whatever. And in this case, it was just weather reports. It was just different areas of Gotham or around Gotham. And every single part of the weather report was rainy, fog, Heavy rain, clouds, clouds, <laughs> rain. Heavy, That's funny. And that I was like, okay, this is the sort of thing they're doing is they're putting in these things where it's not – don't get upset with me saying this. But like often the Marvel style of jokes will be stopping the movie to be like, whoa, get a look at this thing or what's going yeah. on here? Like it's very – sitcom-y often is what they lean on in a worst-case scenario. But this, just let the stuff fly under the radar. And if you caught it, you caught it. And if you did it, you didn't. And I think that is what worked for me about it. Well, and I, I was like on that. I feel like that that's a successful formula for DC to move forward on is to have it be really in world jokes. Like if you're saying like Commissioner Gordon works as a comedic element of this movie, then that's what they should be doing because I agree. They just can't do the like one liner, like Chandler from friends style, Marvel <laughs> superhero experience. So lean into this because I think this outside of the, some of the plot stuff we were talking about does work for them. And it feels comic booky because in comic books, it's like wild action, horrible, dark shit. And then someone will just throw a joke in uh, as you turn the page. Cause the page sort of is an erases your brain a little bit. And I think they did what? a good job with that. Like when you turn a page, you're you know you move forward in the story. You're mind wiped. Yeah, I get mind wiped after every page. Yeah, when I'm reading a comic book, same thing happens to me. I flip the page, completely forget everything in my life, and then I have to flip backwards and start at the beginning of the comic book. I've only read one momentum. page of the comic book so far. But that's why I'm so lost with how Batman's parents died in this movie. 
They don't really establish that. Now he's also why are they working so hard to be like, yo, your dad made poor business decisions, okay? And also one time maybe your mom went to a mental health place. So, that's well, like, let's get what into are we this doing? because what are they, we doing with that? They do a fair amount of retcon with the Waynes, yeah. but I felt like they did it in an effective manner. I'm not a huge fan of like the amazing Spider-Man method, the talking about the movies where it's like everything you knew was wrong and his origin is different and this changes everything. Because ultimately what, what I felt like they did really smart really I'm shaking weird. my shoulders. Uh, oh should I flatten my hair? The gap heat shaking your shoulders for I don't know. It's just a thing I do. It's like a fun thing. Again, I, it's something I do on auditions, and so far it hasn't worked, but I'm going to keep pushing it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, those of you listening who can't see this, we are dancing almost entire, <laughs> the entire time of recording. Pete's no. doing hair stuff, Alex's shoulders. I'm doing high kicks every time I'm talking. It's, <laughs> just to put that in your head. Well, let's. Uh, what I wanted to talk about with the retcon stuff is what I think they did effectively here is they added information about the past of the Waynes, Thomas and Martha, that made them feel like real people, presented Bruce with faults that they have, but ultimately ended up in a place where it's like, no, they're still good people. They just have flaws in them like everybody else. And that was the ultimate theme of the movie. And that's the ultimate thing that Bruce realizes. And like, this is a very superhero thing that happens on a lot of shows and a lot of movies, but he realizes that there are shades of gray in the world. It's not all fear and vengeance and that's it. And that's the only thing he needs to strike in people. There needs to be these other things that are going on. And that's what he gets through this, that ultimately like instead of deifying his parents, he realizes they are good people who tried to do the right thing and sometimes made mistakes, and that's okay. And that's the same thing Batman is doing throughout the entire movie, which I think is great, too. But, I agree with uh, you. I like the retcons, and I liked Martha being an Arkham and getting into that. Like, that's cool. That that actually helps to be like, hey, that's why Bruce is, like, a little off. <laughs> like, his mom, like, there's some, some mental illness in the family. That it ch- I mean, why to me it tracks. you're trying to be like, oh, that makes sense because his mom one time went to a mental health facility, so that means the son's going to throw on a mask and try to dress up at night. I'm not saying it's that one-to-one, but I do think, to Alex's point, like it, it always was like they were perfect except for this one thing happened and then Bruce waged a lifelong war on crime that destroyed every other aspect of his life. This, they're more real people who had their struggles, had their issues. And so naturally, the son, who is deifying his parents, has his issues with them and because of them. It just felt like it, it, made, it made a whole a whole picture. This movie put together a whole package for the, the Wayne family. Well, it was three hours long. I hope they could fucking they do something. They had the time. They yeah, had the time. Well, and also Cause just— Because well, I'm ahead. really glad that we got a part where he was like— Hey, uh, Catwoman, uh, we're going to split up. Cool. Uh, but I'm going to just ride along nice to you for a little bit longer, and then we'll and then we'll go separate ways. But well, we'll, see, we'll they broke up. For like three minutes, and then your bike will go one way, and then sadly my bike will go another way. Well, it's a little known fact that they, they broke up you know, together, but the motorcycles were also dating, and it took them <laughs> longer to get to their <laughs> okay. breakup. So they, had, they wanted to just you have know, one last dance. You don't have the word balloons. It's hard to follow. Should we talk about Catwoman now? Uh, I thought Zoe Kravitz was fantastic. I loved how she was yep. worked into the plot of the movie. I love this 
parallel of them not being orphans, but essentially orphans, paralleling also with the Riddler uh, at the same time. I thought that was just a really strong theme throughout, like an obvious one, but I think they worked it really well. And it made her feel part of the action and feel part of the mystery without doing the very typical thing that they do in this movies where it's like people all have separate origins and then they end up on this collision course here the information and that i think this is true of everything rolled out through batman's perspective so we meet yes selena through batman's perspective she ultimately forms an identity of her own and has an arc of her own, but it all ties back into Batman. And same thing with all of the characters, including the Riddler, which I thought was really nicely done. All right. We'll get into the Riddler in a second, but I agree. I thought the Catwoman stuff was great. I also love the bat and cat shout out uh, to people who are reading the comics right now. So like, I thought it was done really well. It was a great way of showing, not telling that these people, although, can have a lot of fun together, uh, realize that they are different. And one is like trying to live within the law and separate right and wrong. The other one doesn't give a fuck at all. And was like, I'll rob anybody in this motherfucker. So I think it was fun, uh, and well done. Uh, but the Riddler was not good. And we got, so wait, so just on that Pete, do you think that you and Alex are going to ride away on your separate motorcycles pretty soon based on your different worldviews? Our motorcycles have been dating Knock for a couple wood, of weeks now, so. and it's going really well. Uh, congrats. Um, I'm, I'm a four-wheels guy. I don't, I don't roll on two. One other thing before we move on to the roller skates, or maybe many more things that uh, I want to mention about Catwoman is I also thought they did – this gets back to the comic booky nature of it. I thought they did a really nice job of actually weaving in little bits from various comic book storylines without blatantly adapting it or – bringing it in there just as fan service. It's something that we Marvel does really well is touches on these storylines, but not feeling beholden to them. And here they did the same thing very explicitly, I think with long Halloween, for example, with the Selena Carmine Falcone stuff. Uh, It's not, by any means, the plot of long Halloween, but so clearly their relationship there. I loved this gets back to like sort of the very sort of subtle jokes and the way that they're working in stuff from the DC universe here, but just like as an Easter egg that almost doesn't matter when Selena reaches up and scratches Carmine Falcone's cheek, that is directly from long Halloween. Something that I remember very clearly that they flash back to because he has the cat claw slash. So little things like that, that they're working in there and they're peppering throughout, I thought were really, really good. And overall just added to Selena's arc. And uh, I agree. And I really liked uh, Zoe Kravitz in the role and thought it was handled smartly. It wasn't like aggressively about their romance, which I feel like other Batman movies and other Batman comics have made that mistake where it turns into this love affair where they're also like solving these crime with all high stakes. It just feels a little bit too much all all at once. This felt a little bit more like, oh, there's some chemistry there and they care about each other, but they're just doing they have enough time to kiss a couple times and then they're also then they're beating people up the rest of the time so that was cool uh and then on the comic book side of it i thought we were almost setting up a no man's land mm-hmm. at the end of this movie which i uh lo- i much preferred that to the other thing that was set up at the end of this movie well yeah let's let's get to sequels and stuff in a second once we're done talking through everything pete do you want to address the Riddler of it all. Yeah, like the fucking part where like he's just like 
He's got a part of his trench coat. Just it's it's like he had a bucket hat and just pulled it over his fucking face. Like this is not a good outfit. This is not. So, so you're so mad at wardrobe and hair and makeup in this. I movie, could be Pete. wrong, but isn't this very explicitly the costume that the real life Zodiac killer wore? Oh Jesus Christ! No, um, I think so because like there was a whole thing. I'm not totally familiar with the case, but I believe ooh, the Zodiac you? Killer very explicitly like dressed you? as a supervillain, and that was the vibe that he was trying to give off. And so they based it on this. This movie it, is it also partially based on Zodiac by David Fincher, so that's the call out there. It ooh. felt very much very referential to that movie and just the Zodiac I don't Killer. Give and all the ciphers. The real Yo, that's shout out to my dumb. boy, the Zodiac Killer, no, dude. That's not <laughs> shout cool. Shout out to Chucky Madsen. No, shout dude. Out. <laughs> Who are you? You have a family, bro. What the fuck? I have 500 followers on that oh uh, weird site that the yeah, Riddler's on. Hope and- your <laughs> trench coat. I hope your trench coat crew shows up and realizes shotguns. Alex is oh, huge in the I'll serial tell you killer why. community. First of all, the cops being impressed that he had 500 followers was very funny. And then the yes. follow up of the and video. very specific thing he yelled during that moment. He Paul, has 500 followers. Might be important later, guys. Yeah. The Paul Dado's YouTube slash Twitch streamer voice when he got it, he's like, hey, guys, thanks so much. So funny. That made me laugh. Well, that one where it's like he just comes into the screen and then it's like part of him. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's been alone in a room for too long. This is Well, and weird. on that, because I the the convoluted nature of the Riddler plot by the end, I was like, so wait, you anticipated all of Batman's moves up until this point? Like the mm-hmm. whole like bring him into the light. I was like, you had that set up that you were going to be there. And that was naturally going to come there. I thought it was a little, it doesn't make me think that person's smart. It makes me think that they guessed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that Sherlock Holmes moment that I think they were pointing toward throughout. Cause I actually liked that they struggled with it and weren't perfect every time. Like so many Riddler plots or like Batman's like, got it. And just has the answer. I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. so it's very hard to keep doing that over and again. But I, I, so that part was a little convoluted and a, a little convenient for me from a writing perspective. But when the 500 guys showed up, all dressed like him, and then we had the all vengeance the moment. Co- like who, how, who can buy that kind of trench coat and do that? That's to how that? you like track them. Follow the trench coat. Follow yeah, the money. Like, there was understand. a thing in there. There was on the site. There was a whole thing about army surplus, and they had a link there that clearly those guys were buying this stuff. Well, and that felt very, very alt-right there. And like, I thought that was a reference, a, a sort of a, our, a current cultural reference that was done well, effectively without being too heavy handed with it. And then putting it back on Batman with the vengeance line from the guy at the end, I thought was great. That caught me off guard as like, oh, smart. He's contributing to this culture and he needs to be a different thing for Gotham. He doesn't need to be. At the beginning, he's like, I scare the shit out of criminals, but I don't even have to be there and they're scared. Right. And then he's like, you know, maybe I should show up and help people a little bit rather than just yeah. scaring everybody. I thought that was a great transformation for Batman and something that they just showed us and didn't explicitly tell us. Yeah, because it went from like, I'm fighting to I'm going to put this red flare in the air and then help people get across the that shot- swamp walk. Yeah, the swamp walk shot was yeah. gorgeous. That was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. Yeah, shot. Yeah, you could that tell was everybody was like the – that was like, hey, you guys got to stick around and see the shot that I'm going to do in the dark. It's <laughs> going to be unbelievable. Like, you got to see it. Yeah. The Riddler uh, I, knew that? Uh, yeah. 
couple of things just sort of bouncing around this a little bit, but the the thing afterwards, I was I felt a little weird about the idea that everybody was on the top of Gotham Square Garden with the flooded city, which clearly seemed to call out to New Orleans uh, and the Superdome mm. and Katrina. Oh, don't put that yep. out there. No, I think it was pretty. I, clear I had there. that in my head. Yep. And uh, I thought that was kind of a strange reference. Uh, it was okay, but I wasn't sure what to take away from that. I also did really like the arc. I thought like this is another thing about Batman is every single Batman movie before this, he's always been like no guns. And then the Batmobile has guns and he's blasting stuff and shooting things up yeah. and making things explode. Well, he shoots a garage door a lot. Sure. Yeah. But this was mentions. a Batman that like felt true to the comics, legitimately had the no guns rule. So you started from a place of like. I like the action in that first scene, even though he's being brutal, you can see him sort of pulling back his punches as he's hitting people. Like he's being brutal to the point that he feels he needs to be brutal rather than going past that. So it's almost a small arc that he goes on from the beginning to the end where he realizes going from fear to hope. That's what he does. But ultimately his methods are going to stay the same. He just needs to change the way that he's doing it internally. So I really like that quite a bit. And I on disagree. that, I feel like just one sec, Pete, and then it's yours. Um, I I think so many other Batman movies, maybe all of them. It's like he's like, well, solved. I beat those villains. Now back to hell into darkness. <laughs> and I was like, to have it be different in this movie, I was like, yes, <laughs> he's changed a little bit rather than just like walking back to the guano cave and getting into his mess. Uh, nice uh, Ace Ventura reference. I appreciate it. All right, so uh, first off, um, he. The kind of like, I did not think he was pulling his punches. It seemed like this guy was very unhinged and had to learn a little bit more control because beating the shit out of the henchman does not get you anywhere. So like there was a bunch of times where it was like, hey, Batman, stop hitting that person. And he even hit Gordon. Gordon's like, you didn't pull your punch. He was like, I was pulling my punch. Okay, kind of funny. (laughs) But, like, the whole point is he hasn't learned to do that yet. I do like where he started to where he got, and there's the whole this growing thing. But what I'm confused about is where's the fucking ninja training? Because this guy's walking right down the middle of the hallway fucking just punching people. There is no using the shadow. There's no I'm born in darkness. Okay, I hope that comes later because this is kind of like year one Batman. Okay, I guess, it's, but it was well, like it's year two, just to clarify. Okay, yeah, like very right. specifically. Two. And but dose. I love I I I understand what you're saying, Pete, and I think that's a fair point. But at the same time, the just the audio of every time he came in with the boots thum thum thuming on yes. the floor. I thought yeah, it was there so was cool. A lot of boots shots, a lot of heavy boot shots. There was like that uh, person who was killed. They were really focused on her boots. And well, then it was like I, Batman's like, I think like, what they did. I've got this, these clunky big boots, these some shit No, no, no. I think again what they the did, and this beat, comes down to the, the score as well, is I think great they looked score. at him a little yeah, more as score. like a Western gunslinger. Like that's what I kind of got there from the twang of the guitars that Michael uh, Giacchino? I think it's Giacchino. Giacchino. I don't Uh, know, though, actually, now that you say that. (laughs) Uh, Whatever his name is, amazing, amazing uh, musical artist. But I think, like, there was a little bit of a sense of Western, and that's why you got him coming out of the shadows there, walking like that with the boots and everything. But I, I think that's a fair point. 
at the same time, they were very clear that he's not great at everything. I loved when he jumps off the building, when he does that dive off the building. Oh, that whole thing was like so so cool. That was was awesome. And then when he gets caught on the bridge and slams into the car. Great. Great, though. So well done. I just love that moment. And it was so smart to be like, He's very cool. He's Batman, but he still has a bunch to do before he becomes like mm-hmm. ultimate style Batman. And this was the, he was heavy. He was, the mm-hmm. boots were heavy. Like he felt thick. He felt like he, like he took so many hits. He took so many bullets. Like he was like a piece of iron. And I, I actually like that a little bit better than sort of the ninja, like, you know, dancing between the raindrops. Don't take away part of his Batman. fucking. I'm not taking it away. But, but we also did that with, Batman Begins and all that. So, like, I'm comfortable moving into this little more hard-boiled Western noir-influenced, like, detective story Batman for this new run of probably three movies. What, what's upsetting we is you're taking away, like, the animated series, The Mask of the Phantasm, I'm, when you I'm not say taking those anything. horrible things away because <laughs> that leaned heavily on his ninja kind of, like, learnings and upbringings, which I think is something that is important for the Batman character. So for you to kind of brush that aside is a little upset. Not brushing it aside. I'm saying, hey, let's get a couple other stories in here. And if you want the ninja thing, you can go back and watch any of the things you just did or go watch, like, a ninja dance or whatever you want. You have yeah, a lot of freedom. But also... <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Can I watch ninja dances? <laughs> I would love to see a ninja dance. Ninja that sounds prom? amazing. Are you, who are you going to ninja prom with? Oh, my God. <laughs> they also had a shout-out to that, though. That was the very first ninja shot prom of got the a movie. Shout out? Yeah, Ninja Prom got a shout-out. Uh, Batman came out and was like, Ninja Prom! Dance, 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 dance. No, the, the shot of uh, the DA, no, the mayor's kid. He was dressed mm-hmm. as a ninja. He's playing, yep. he's a red ninja yeah. in the shot as the Riddler's watching him. So I mm-hmm. think, like... That shot obviously is made you supposed to make you think, oh, okay, this is Bruce, this is young Bruce. They're about to go see, I assume, the first G.I. Joe in theaters or something like that, mm-hmm. and that his yep. parents will be killed outside. But then but, it turns out to be somebody else. But it's also a shout out to like, yeah, 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 we know this origin happened. We're moving past that. But it was a weird coincidence where it was like 20 years ago to this day, uh, we have another orphan kid. And it was like pretty random. And I was just like, Whoa, that's uh, that's kind of coincidence there. Yeah, orphans usually never happen on the same day. Twenty years ago to the day. Uh, here's the thing: there are new orphans made almost every day of the oh, week. Man. Pete. So <laughs> for the price so of a cup hear, of coffee, you can. Here, I want to. I want to throw something out. Just overall thought about the movie, and you were mentioning that you really liked the vengeance line. I agree. I thought seriously, that was really you guys. Nice. The Riddler didn't bother you. That fucking no, I like the Riddler. I knew what to expect going I in. I thought the in performance was good. Yeah, and Paul I, was good. And oh, I, I didn't mind the costume. I thought was fine. I, I really? the references were yeah. I'm, I'm I was fine with it. Here here was my big problem. Is I felt like it went on one act too long. And what I mean by that is here like when they got to the Riddler's apartment. That, to me, that was the end of the movie. I was actually impressed. I was like, oh, maybe they're actually going to end this here. They've unraveled this mystery. We'll have one or two more scenes wrapping it up. This is great. And then we got the seawall exploding and the big action sequence. And it kind of lost me a little bit because it felt like we've already wrapped up the main conflict between the Riddler and Batman. And this just feels like we got to go out big because it's a Hollywood movie. We have to have this big action sequence. We have to have the final battle between Batman and an electrical box. (laughs) 
and really see how that comes <laughs> yeah. out at the end there. But and he got electrocuted. Yeah, he could have got. I thought he was like yeah. killed himself. And I, I understood I the like, point Yo, of dude, it. What are you jumping into that water for? I'm pretty sure it's electrocuted. Yeah. I understood the point of it. I understood why it was there. I understood why they felt it needed to be there. But that was nowhere near as interesting to me as the other two and a half hours before whatever happened. Well, I think it's funny that you bring up that apartment because it was an important part where uh, Batman was like, oh, yeah, this murder weapon is also what common folk use to pull up carpet. Oh, I didn't know that that tool, I thought it was just to murder people. And then someone who was actually... And then he barely like, pulls up the carpet, mind you. He's like, little piece of wood, carpet up. And then he was yeah. like, I like how they didn't notice the blinking lights. At first, they were like, okay, this is a map. And then they go back to the thing, and it's like, the blinking lights are the explosions. What? Let's look back. Oh, there are blinking lights. As as regular Joes, how many carpet yankers do you have just at, right at hand right now? I got to get a new carpet yanker because uh, I'm constantly yanking yank. my carpets. Yeah, <laughs> my carpets need a yanking. Oh, yeah. Right, guys. Should we talk uh, about? Uh, oh, go ahead. Just. Well, just one last thing on your on the being tired, literally being tired during this movie. I agree the the narrative because it did come to completion, and they were like one more thing. I think if they flipped them and had the Riddler reveal this thing, maybe right as they're catching him, or sort of did combine the scenes a little bit, um, it would have worked way better because having the Riddler being uh, at Arkham already and just like sort of laughing and being mad, literally looking up the window to see the action happening. I was like, what? It, it just felt like, yes, the movie had ended and this character was still in the theater watching Batman fight other stuff. Yeah. Well, let's talk about future stuff, because obviously the big thing that we haven't mentioned what? here is a tease towards the end in Arkham Asylum, where Riddler realizes his plot has not been foiled because he actually won. It was completely successful, I guess, except for killing the mayor. But otherwise, everything can we really Justin brought forward. that up that scene for a second. And so during the kind of Riddler monologue in Arkham, we get the fact that Bruce Wayne was the key, but he doesn't know Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like it was this interesting way that he was like. Bruce, 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 Bruce Wayne, and then was talking about him like he wasn't there. And then kind of Batman got to relax and be like, oh, he doesn't know it's me. I thought that was a well done kind of moment. Yeah, I agree. It's ridiculous that he doesn't know that he's Bruce Wayne. Yep. Yeah. Um, per what we were talking about earlier. But yes, I, I thought it was well, well that was a better. Time. It was an interesting way to kind of like have us all think he knew. But then, you know what I mean? I thought it was cool. So we do get that extra scene at the end there with the Riddler when he realizes that Batman has foiled his plot and he's really upset about it. And he starts talking to another inmate who has a very particular laugh to him. This was annoying. Fully agree. For a million reasons. The idea that, that two... laugh was awful for starters. It was scary. Ahead. You're saying it was scary, Pete, right? No. Oh. Uh it's crazy to me. They're like, yeah, these uh, we let all the Arkham people talk to each other. They can just chit chat all day long if they want, because that's how they get better by saying crazy things to each other. A, B, I was like, we're not doing the Joker again, guys. We can't do this again. <laughs> we just soon. did it so many times. We've done it so many times. There are they're right now. They're including this guy. There are, are like five Jokers floating around in the oh, world. Man. 
Joker No Way Home. That's what we need. Bring them all together. So this is uh, Barry Keoghan. I never know how to pronounce his name either, uh, who was recently... Did anybody else think it was Dave Franco at first when he started talking? Because it had like a weird... I was like, is that Dave Franco doing the Joker? Hot off of the after party? No, it was uh, Barry Cohen. And the idea here, so I thought this was interesting. It honestly would have made me like this scene better because the... Apparently, the idea of the scene was not to be like, next up, next movie, here comes the Joker. In fact, Matt Reeves has said, no, I have, I don't know what the next movie is going to be. I yeah. don't think it's going to be the Joker. The implication here was more that initially they took out that scene, showed it to people, and people were like, what a happy ending for Batman and Catwoman at the end here. <laughs> and they were like, oh, hold on a second. We got to put that in to give this implication that, no, there's always going to be villainy in Gotham. Everything is always going to be bad. And that's why they put that in there. So, or put it back in, there was actually another scene that they filmed with Barry Cohen, and the idea with that was earlier in the movie, when Batman finds out that there is a serial killer on the loose, he goes and consults with somebody in Arkham Asylum, who is a previous serial killer that he caught, who is Barry Cohen's The Joker. So apparently the way that was filmed, it was like very out of focus, but also very like Hannibal Lecter, Clarice Starling Mm. type thing. And so there were initially were both of these scenes in there to do parallel. They cut it out because I guess it was impeding the flow of the movie in a different way. But to me, I almost wish half hours. They only had three hours. Yeah. But there's a way that like, I almost wish that was in there earlier because I think that would have justified more that scene in the end rather than feeling like the opposite of what they wanted it to feel like, which Matt Reeves has explicitly said, it's not a Marvel style. Here's the next movie tease. It was more just the overall fabric of Gotham. Right. Well, but I mean, like, you're going to get that because of what, where it was and what it was. So, like, and I was also like, just choose another villain. The mm-hmm. Batman's whole thing is Tons. having There's a stunts. great ton, and you can bunch of villains a new one that we if could. You want. Yeah, just. What, what's um, a good What's a good villain we could have seen here instead of Joker? There was a brief moment just because of what we saw of his face that I thought maybe I thought it was, it was actually Two-Face. yeah I thought maybe it was going to be Two Face and then he said yeah. the thing about clown and I was like oh boy here we go yeah I agree I thought it was Two Face and I was sort of fine with that but I was like no we just did Two Face as well <laughs> so like <laughs> like let's get. Uh, black Mask in there, or uh, or it was specifically a mask. shout out to the scene from Long Halloween with Calendar Man, right? Mm-hmm. Like because this yep. is a Calendar Man, and oh, I'm forgetting who it is. I don't think it's Riddler. It might be the two of them talking in Ar- Arkham Asylum. I think it is Riddler. That. It might be Riddler. Yeah, but yeah, um, there's a ton of different villains you can get. You don't have to keep going to the the same well. You know what I'm saying, Justin? I understand um, the impulse there, but it was a bummer. Yes, go ahead, Bean. There are two more things I kind of want to talk about. There was this interesting setup that they kept saying of like, oh, if Gotham finds out, they'll explode. Oh, this will tear Gotham to shreds. Like, seriously? You think finding out that cops are dirty in Gotham is really going to make this fucking town lose its mind? There's mass visits of landings. There's a penguin guy. There's a fucking Catwoman. I don't think that's going to be like, oh, the cops are corrupt. Oh, Gotham, look out. Like, I, that was not a big enough reveal for me to be like. Well, I, I think the reveal, the ultimate it. plot, and maybe I have this wrong, is the idea that 
it's not about the cops being dirty. It's about Carmine Falcone runs everything. There is no mayoral race. This one thing that is giving people hope. There is no renewal fund. Again, the thing that has been giving the people of Gotham hope. Ultimately, it's all Carmine Falcone. Like that's the secret there at the end of it that is going to tear it apart because it's going to tear out like that one remaining shred of hope that the city has left. And ultimately they take down Carmine Falcone. It is revealed, but they get that new hope that they can hook on Batman at the end there. And I feel like that's probably the whole idea. Okay. And then just brings me to my last question. I mean, the poor people of Gotham, I mean, after all that they have been through, you know, like, why would you stay? Like the rent's got to be crazy cheap, right? I mean, that's got to be the only reason. I mean, you've been gassed. You had to like decide which fairy was going to die. I mean, you turned into different kinds of animals. I mean, at at one point do you say, hey. Turned into different kinds of animals. (laughs) Different animals. Yeah, I mean, like, Gotham's been through a lot. Like, why would you still stay in Gotham? I mean, this is a perennial question, and I think it's the same exact thing as how does nobody know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? If there was nobody living in the city, it would not be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of crimes or people here. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> driving around to again. Something? Nope, no banks, no money. Sorry. Um, uh, yes, I think. Many people just love the rain. Uh, <laughs> Alfred, we didn't talk about Alfred in this oh, movie. Sure. Um, obviously, Pete is the, always in the tank for Alfred. I think this Alfred was the was influenced by Gotham, the TV show, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, it's the first Alfred that I was like, oh, this dude could wreck some shop. This dude yeah, looks, I and agree. he was he, contributing. He was very similar to Sean Pertwee's Alfred on Gotham, and I think that was fine. I think Andy Serkis was clearly muting it down quite a bit. I didn't really feel like he was Alfred necessarily, but it was all right. I was, I was good with him. He was more like Chris Christopherson in the Blade movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, first off, don't even bring up that whole thing. Jesus Christ, going to get me all teary died. Uh, but secondly, it was that's a trigger that makes you cry instantly. instantly. Listen up, fans. You want to make Pete cry in person? Just yeah. say the name of a foolish name, Chris Christopherson. Oh, come a on, a name man. that has two Chris's in on, it. Man. It's got two Chris's in it. You, you double down on the Chris. You you believe in Chris or not? Well, then you double down. Anyways, yeah, pissed, my, pissed point, my point being, uh, yeah, Alfred was kind of a non-factor in this movie and I and was just constantly shit upon by uh, Bruce. And uh, even had Alfred had a very touching kind of monologue a little bit after he got over the initial Bruce being a complete dick to him once he woke up out of a coma. Um, but it was a very touching thing and reminded me uh, very much of the some of the comic stuff that we got. Well, I thought it was funny that he was like, it's my job. It was my job to protect them. I was like, you're the butler. It was your job to prepare tiny sandwiches. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a butler with But he's, he has a bodyguard point. He aspirations. more age appropriate than a kid to jump in front of a bullet. You know what I mean? But he was the most appropriate to carry a drink on a silver tray to to the party. Yeah, but and those silver trays can block bullets. 
Uh, another couple of quick moments, and then we should probably talk about future stuff, what we see potentially happening in a sequel, as well as there's a couple of spinoff series Man. in the works. Uh, I just want to reiterate what Pete said earlier. I thought Colin Farrell was fantastic as the Penguin. Ah, so and So excited for were, that series. There were a lot of things in this movie that watching the trailers, I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. This looks stupid. Like, for example, Colin Farrell's Penguin. And it ended up being one of my favorite parts of the movie, which I was really surprised about. Or... I'd read this thing from Matt Reeves where he talked about the Batmobile. He said oh, he was inspired that. by Christine in the movie, and he wants it to be scary, like really horrifying. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds stupid, too. And then when it happened in the movie, it was awesome. When the Batmobile came out and Penguin was looking terrified, I thought that was great. Well, yeah, but it can was we talk funny. about it was that so when we Christine. first saw it, though? Like when we first saw the Batmobile, there's this shot where it's like, ah, and then stops moving. And for a second, I thought, like, oh, did the Batmobile die? Did it, did it like, lose a wheel? Now? Yeah, did it? Yeah, like, <laughs> does it okay? But then everything's fine. Didn't you think that weird yeah. stop start thing was kind of a weird thing to have with the car? Uh, yes, but I think that to me that pointed to it's year two. He's he built this car. It's he a does, little there's too okay. much fire coming out of it in random places, okay. and so it breaks down a little bit. Okay. I will say when the car shows up and everyone's like yeah 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 yikes, I was like yeah, car, criminals are scared of this car. The car's yeah, coming I, to get you. Yeah, it's an I evil liked it. I thought the way the, that was. Like, I understand yeah. what you're saying, but I think the way the scene played out really worked for me. So I thought that was fun. I, I loved the action that the car then happened. Uh, I thought that was a lot of fun to see. Uh, I also really liked the bit at the Penguins' door at Club Forty. Was it Club Forty Four? No, the Iceberg Lounge door with the twins mm-hmm. there. Who oh, yes. kept, yeah, Batman kept Batman, doing the same Bruce thing. Bruce Wade and then yeah. sneaking in. Very fun. That was Funny. another thing that I thought was like Little threes. Yeah, sneakily funny about the movie. They really emphasized to me that they have a sense of humor about this stuff, which was another thing for the trailers. It just felt like it was going to be three hours of dour grittiness, and it wasn't that at all. I mean, a little bit, but like it was not 100% that. I think they split it really nicely. So I ended up having a fun time seeing the movie, which I was very surprised about. Let's talk about future stuff and sequels, though. So as Pete mentioned before, they're working on a Penguin origin series for HBO Max. That's one of the things that they're going to do, showing his rise in power through Gotham. And the other one, which has changed apparently a little bit, initially there was going to be a Gotham PD series, but apparently as they were working on it, they realized that they were more interested in Arkham Asylum, realized to lean into that more, and are now working on a horror-inspired series set in Arkham Asylum. So those are the two additional things that are coming out there. (laughs) Hmm, I can't tell what Pete thinks about these two ideas. That's a nightmare scenario. I am very excited for the uh, Penguin series. That should be a ton of fun. Uh, Yes, that's going to be cool. I wonder how much sort of superhero stuff it'll be. It feels like it could just be like a gritty crime story, like six episodes or however many it is. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I kind of hope for both of these things is they are like very tight six episode series, almost aping the Marvel style there in terms of what they're doing on TV. What they did with Peacemaker, that was great. It was eight episodes. It was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, something like that. Like, it doesn't need to be 22 episodes, is I think the point. Just something that tells a nice, tight, focused story in the city. Because, honestly, after the movie, I am excited to see more. Another one that I think would be really interesting, and I wonder if they're going to spin off into another movie. It'll be a Batman sequel, or it'll be a series of his own. It felt like a pretty specific tease to have Catwoman saying, I'm heading to Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven, yeah. Which is a city with a whole crime thing of its own. Nightwing usually operates there. What do you think? What's next for Catwoman in particular? She's just, you know, she's like, oh, you didn't, you weren't really feeling this, Batman? Well, go, maybe Nightwing will make you a little jealous. Maybe I hang out with Nightwing a little bit. You're like, hey, <laughs> hey, what's going on? I thought well, maybe we had a thing. You know what I mean? Um, I think that to me felt more, less like a series and more like, if you want me, come find me in the next feature film coming from Matt Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where I live now. I live in the sequel of this film. Ooh, if you want to come meet me there. Well, uh, but I that, also, I said yeah, this, no, no Man's Land would be a great choice. So it was more environmental with maybe some smaller criminals. Maybe a No Man's Land combined with a Court of Owls thing could be cool. Um, getting into more of Gotham history and uh, dealing with a disaster. That's the kind of stuff I would want to see as opposed to another Joker or Two-Face situation coming out. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this earlier, but I think this is... One of, if not the first DC movie that has taken the correct lessons from Marvel, which is pick and choose what you want from the storylines and ignore the rest. Like, we didn't really talk about it here, but this also uses Hush. Like, it takes little pieces of the Hush storyline and then ignores mostly everything from the comic, which, frankly... Is fine. That's not a problem. Agreed. I was like, when they started getting to it, I was like, how are they going to try to do all this? And they yeah. just didn't. It was such a yeah. dream. <laughs> but they could do it the same way. Like you're saying, there's No Man's Land stuff that they could take. They already kind of did No Man's Land in Dark Knight Rises a little bit with the bridges being cut off and the city cut off. They also did it on Gotham. But like, there's elements that you could take there and throw in. I think, like you said, Court of Owls. Clearly, there was a video being passed around. I think it was from a Vanity Fair interview where Robert Pattinson and Paul Dano were telling Jeffrey Wright, oh, Court of Owls is the coolest story. You got to check it out. The first issue in particular is awesome. So it feels like there's a significant push there. And that is something that we haven't seen on screen before. That would be awesome. Yes. That would be dope. very cool. Uh, if there was other than Court of Owls, though, if there was a specific villain that you would want to see in the next movie, who would it be other than Joker? Mm. Um, Black Mask, I think, would be cool. Um, like I said, it feels like we're we in had a gritty... Black Mask and Harley Quinn, though, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, or maybe Mr. Zaz is another good mm-hmm. one. Um, I, that's actually who I wish they used instead of Joker. And we got just got, like, this dude who's got just scars all over from the different victims. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what they could do. I mean, they could continue to move through from Long Halloween to, like, Dark Victory and maybe even do, like, the Catwoman and Robe thing. I'm forgetting what the exact name of that is. But there's so many different things that they could pull on that haven't been done before. Whatever it is, I'm... Yeah, I'm very excited for whatever the next movie is going to be because I thought this was a blast. The going thematically off the amount of pure firebomb explosions in this movie, maybe, like, Firefly, I think could be a cool, like... Uh, well, he's going to be Brendan Fraser is doing Firefly and Batwoman, not to keep shooting down every single one of your ideas, Justin. Well, no, the, everything's eat, the lunch is being eaten. Yeah, uh, it's sure right. Is. Uh, what about just Commissioner Gordon, like finally learning Bat that what Batman is a Batman, mm-hmm. just having that really hit him um, mm-hmm. at some point over the course of the next I, I three hours, it out. right there. You're Batman. 
<laughs> See? Gates closed. <laughs> How are they going to... He, if he's just a beat cop, in the next movie he's going to be promoted to being commissioner? Everybody else is dead at this point. Yeah, exactly. Who, who else are you going to promote? Yeah. yeah, I true. just want to see Commissioner Gordon's funny adventures in Gotham where he's trying to figure out papers and tripping and falling on stuff, bonking his head like a Mr. On, Bean. Man. This going to be great. Batman, I'm in danger. This little knob on the door, I can't figure out how to get through it. Can you <laughs> please, please come help me? <laughs> All right, folks, let us know what you thought of the Batman. You can always hit us up on Twitter at Comic Book Live, or we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube coming out. We'd love to chat with you about it there. Also, you can support the show at patreon.com slash comic book club, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. As I mentioned, at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, I'm Vengeance. Good night. What? You? Don't go.